Okay, uh, welcome to the live stream, everybody, the Train Like a Ranger live stream, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and military prep. Uh, good to see you guys. It looks like attendance is going to be good tonight. Jay, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. It's been a, been a while. I guess I missed the last one. Yeah, so, it's been you a and Logan. <clears throat> yeah, that one turned out really good. Yeah, I watched most of it. Yeah, he's a good dude. It was uh, it's super cool. It's super, I was talking to Logan about how cool it is that we can talk on a podcast about regiment, about ranger school, all these things that I feel like, you know, a couple of years ago was kind of unheard of or seemed taboo. You know, it's, it's, uh, we're branching into a new world. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what would come up on Google when we were like back in 11, when we were going through stuff, if I Googled something, I couldn't even imagine what would have popped up on the screen. I have no <laughs> clue. It definitely would not have been pertinent information for me. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, no. I thought it was funny though. You asked him a question. You're like, "Hey, you know, can we do ranger school stuff?" He's like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's probably not a secret." It's like, <laughs> I was like, "If nothing else, I feel like you should know if it's a secret or not." No, no, he he can. He can talk about a lot. No, of no, it's just yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's not a secret. Yeah, yeah, no. It, what's interesting too is what he said. I'm surprised with the direction um, that it's going. Like, I don't know if you heard the part where they're throwing up. Um, ISR elements they're flying they're talking about flying around real assets and um and all these other things just adding all these different elements to it so that's what dude they're not doing world war one style fire support anymore <laughs> no it makes sense right and ranger school listen guys okay so they would always grab the 13 box and whenever someone got pl and opportunities aren't they'd be like picking the fo out and they would always grab the fo and make them be the fo but like the way they did fires in Ranger School was zero percent of the way fires was actually done. So everyone's like, "You're you. an FO, yeah. go do it." And it's like, I was like, "I don't even know what this is. Like, who made this? Who did yeah. this?" No, I I made the mistake when of when that happened to me. I was like looking at it. I was like, I was like, man, uh, yeah, I can do it. But this is the first time I'm seeing some of this stuff. Yeah. You know, and it was they're like, like you don't know this. It's like and Vietnam I was like, this era stuff. <laughs> so yeah thanks for pointing that out dude um yeah it was not it ain't it for sure yeah no it's a, it's probably good for longevity and where we're heading that uh that that training is going in but that had so many different layers to to that school now that is uh leadership's gonna get a little bit more difficult so <laughs> hey props to you guys uh going through it these days <clears throat> you know i i like to say this too like you you know how it is man like when the when the old vets get older, they look at the new generation and they're like, Oh, these guys are this, we were so great. Um, that's not what I'm seeing with the military these days, you know, uh, aside from the TikTok dances, right. If you don't, if you don't watch if you're watching those, you may be thinking a different thing, but you know, these guys are really getting some good training. We talk about how, um, the 11 Bravos have like a bajillion weeks now in their entry training and all these things. Like it, it's a, I think we're heading in a good direction with, you know, training people up. I agree. And I think you saw it a little bit too, even when they switched from rip to rasp, um, everyone agreed. They were like, yeah, our, our dudes are way smarter coming out of rasp than they were out of rip. Like, um, they actually have, they know anything, you know, cause rip, you should just be a three week smoke fest. Um, yeah. and adding on those like four or five weeks of actual training and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think definitely like upped the, the level of, uh, lower enlisted that was getting through the pipeline and i think that trickled over into all of army training basic trainings got longer ai or osets got longer 
uh, basic training got a little bit longer. AIT got a little bit longer. I think that kind of funneled down into the conventional army side as well, just to um, make everybody get to their unit as uh, you know good as you can you can for the large numbers of people. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna check something on this Instagram, but I totally agree with that, man. Um, and it's it is good to see that. I, I think the real competence comes from. Oh no. Um, are we good? You're loading on my Instagram. Yeah, I'm fixing this uh, this connection issue, so we should be good to go now. Um, so, uh, sorry if that was a little uh, spotty on the Instagram side. So, uh, it should should get better now. So, what I was saying was, um, I was saying I think the real competence comes from training and repetition through training. You know, building that knowledge set, going through the reps, and and I get the um, the discipline discipline component to the military. You know, like um, you know, but I think there's there's a lot of emphasis put on that, you know, by the, by the old vets, they think people just need to get kicked down all the time. But I agree. Um, I, I agree. You need some of it, but I like that there is more expansion on the, on the training aspect. I think that's really the bread and butter there. And that's where you're going to see a lot of growth in people. Yeah. I mean, as a FO, we used to do six weeks of AIT. Like we did a week of classroom stuff that was like pretty basic. We did like a week of radio stuff. We did like two and a half weeks of learning call for fire, testing on call for fire, and then graduating. Like very, very little. Like we didn't really do any any rotary wing or fixed wing, anything like that. It was like just the two I don't think we touched it at all. No, we didn't. It was yep. just basic artillery fire. Um, you got each like you know, you did polar and, and that was it. Like there was like two kinds of golf fires you did and that, that was it. So I'm definitely glad they're moving um, into, you know, teaching more of that stuff just to you know, have people have more tools. Um, because especially if something goes off now with China or Russia, like all of those things are going to be very, very important. And artillery is going to be also important, but it's just going to have to work all in conjunction. Yeah. Again, a lot more levels to the game. You know, like um, I was kind of sharing some thoughts with, um, with my grandpa who was World War II generation. And he talked about how, you know, he talked a little bit about, you know, World War II and stuff and the training, like they kind of just threw those boys in, you know, it was a different, well, different time. Yeah. So, um, you know, if we had that kind of conflict today, there's a lot more elements to it. And so that training is important and what, and, you know, um, there's a lot more things to think about. Um, yeah, and I mean, well, even I talked about it a little bit um, when I was in the 173rd, working with a lot of some of those other NATO forces was really interesting to see how they sort of do things. Like, I also learned a little bit of, um, like, pseudo-call for fires that you can kind of do to any NATO force. Like, they'll kind of get get the picture, you know, if you can kind of give them these certain things, they'll make it work for you. Um, so, yeah, all that stuff is just so, so important. Um Obviously, World War II is a little bit different. I mean, they were that literally was, grabbing people off the street and dropping them in. Um, that was that was crazy. His stories are absolutely nuts. By the way, what they what they were going through and stuff, um, fascinating to listen to him talk. It's my great grandpa, and he was he was in back when they had horses. So he was in uh, the cavalry, like literally the cavalry on horseback. And so when they got over to Japan, they actually had horses. And he talked about how sad he was at some point they cut the horses loose right over there overseas. And it was like a big deal to him because he had bonded so much with his horse. But I was like, you guys had horses like they were riding on a horseback. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, wow, he's he's still alive, still alive, still. Uh, you know, he's he has some help now, but still living on his own. It's crazy. Um. So, anyways, let's look at these questions. We got a lot. Yes, of I got someone on. coming in my. I got Nick. I got Andrew. I got Wyatt. What's going on, guys? Uh, before we start questions, though, just rocking the Kit God fit mm, right now. If you guys haven't nice. checked out our podcast with Cameron, uh, he's Cameron Beth, super awesome. Um, but he has a apparel line that he does for fun. This is the first bat shirt, uh, lucky bat. It's pretty awesome. Um, if you haven't watched the podcast, I recommend it. If you don't want to watch it, at least go look at his uh, socials and his links in the description of that video. Yeah, um, th- it's funny because we almost matched tonight because I was looking for his shirt. Uh, so it's probably in the dirty clothes because I wear it all the time. So <laughs> yeah. a shout out to Brad Thomas. Uh, I got his shirt. Uh, wear his shirt all the time as well. The Silence and Light Band. Uh, you guys should go check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, I did a podcast with Brad Thomas actually early on uh, in Train Like a Ranger. And that was really, that was the moment to where that was a big hurdle for me because talking to a guy of that caliber, you know, that, that was a guy in Mogadishu and Delta Force and, you know, like 20 years just in Delta Force. So it's talking to a caliber of person like that was a, was a big hurdle for me. I was ner- I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. And got on there and it great conversation. It was, he's a really great guy. So that was, uh, that kind of put our podcast on another level where we actually, I got in touch with another Delta force guy. There's actually another guy we're working on, um, that I'm hoping to get on the podcast. So, you know, really opened up some cool doors, but, um, anyways, great dude, great band. Uh, they really have some good music. So be sure to check out silence and light. Uh, they got social media, Instagram, all that stuff. So, uh, follow there as well. Um, are you going first or am I going first? I guess, uh, I'll go first. So first of all, Raha sports says, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I hope dude. Um, Ian Chet, Chetriste. That's what we're going with. Good morning from Japan. Good morning. Um, JRM says, nope, we're not going to touch that one. Sorry. Got to read ahead, dude. Savage Mentality says, learning uh, JFO right now. Want to be a JTAC for first Special Forces group. So he's in JFO school. Uh, that's a great school. Yeah, I had, um, had, a good, um, had a good time at that school. That was, a, that was actually a nice break for us. I had uh, a I had a time at that school for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got some good stories from that school. Actually. Yeah, I had a I had a time. Um, no, JFO was awesome. I actually um, I didn't do as well academically at JFO as I would have liked. Um, I failed a sim. I I failed a, a sim. I didn't say danger close, and I I said it. The rounds hit, and I looked at the instructor and I said, I didn't say danger close. And he said, no. I was like, damn. He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. I was like, do you want me to keep going? He's like, yeah, finish it out. So I finished it. And at, at JFO, you actually, if you fail a sim, you have to redo it and make sure you like, um, but he's like, you, he's like, since you got it, <laughs> as soon as it happened, he's like, you don't have to redo it. Everything else was fine. He's like, you literally immediately recognized it. Um, but it is, it's probably one of the more difficult academic schools that I went to in the military. Um, even with all the training and stuff, like it's a little nerve wracking. Yeah, it's it's good training. It's it's a tough school because you're really integrating um, by the book too. I mean, there's you're not lackadaisical, skipping steps or anything like that. Like you're by the book uh, integrating, you know, 
the air support with the artillery and and all those things. So I was um, E three or I was like E three or an E four in there. There's like E three, yeah. JTAC tracks dudes in there. Like it was crazy. There's a lot of it was a it was a tough school. It was awesome though. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. No. It it was good training, and um, there was something I was gonna say, dude. No, it's going. You ever you ever have something that's just there and it's just drifting off and you can feel it every once in a while, much less often than you do. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it'll come back. Um, uh, Nick out here running too much. 70 minute run today and yesterday. Gross. Good. Good job. But gross. Um, Let's see. Wyatt Cosby says, do you become needs of the army if you fail RASP? And can you guys expand on exactly what that means? Like, could I go in as a 13 Fox and get switched to a cook? <clears throat> um, Andrew Phillips kind of answered down there as well. Um, but no, you won't go needs of the army. So <clears throat> you still hold that MOS into the conventional army if you fail RASP. Um, and just for the record, too, uh, keep in mind, like, it's pretty hard to... Um, it's pretty hard to fail rasp to the point where like you don't get a recycle you have to mess up pretty bad um to to not get the recycle and some dudes honestly don't want to recycle especially if you go through eight weeks and then you get a day one recycle like it's kind of a lot um but they still wouldn't take away your mos so you keep holding that mos um through into the conventional army they only take conventional army mos's it's not like in um special forces where you get like an 18 series mos designator and stuff like that they're still you still hold the same MOS as the conventional into the regiment, and you can see the list of them, and they they mirror the same exact MOSs that uh, are in the army. There's just less of them. Yeah, your MOS is your MOS. So, um, yeah, and, and to Jay's point, like unless you get a what they call an NTR, never to return, um, then you can always go back through. Um, it it takes a lot of, out of some people to do that, but if you really want it, you can stay stick through, and you can get it. And if you really want to be there you can to an extent advocate for your position to get back in, you know? Um, so, you know, if you guys really want it, you can make it. So where a lot of, where you lose a lot of people is they either decide to move on, right. Uh, maybe they fail some criteria. They can always get reinserted. Just like Jay said, um, as long as they don't mess up too bad. Like obviously if you have a disciplinary issue or you do something really bad, then, you know, then that's when you're going to get booted out. And, uh, that NTR is a, a wrap. Like you'll never get to try it again. So, but you got to mess up really bad to get that. Uh, Powerlift McKinnon says, "Hey, long time no see. Wanted to ask if you had any ad- advice on how to reduce shoulder pain when benching." So uh, that's a good one. So a lot of the time, whenever you're doing a lot of like anterior dominant movements you need to work on your posterior side and that's putting it pretty uh, in pretty general terms. But uh, what I like to do is external rotations of the shoulder. So I'm going to, I'm going to get up a little higher for the Instagrams to see me, but external rotations, right. With the cable. uh, That's a great one. You work on your rotator cuff doing more rows, like more back exercises is great. So more rowing mechanics work on getting your posture back. Cause a lot of times that is internally rotated shoulders. There's some impingement there. And so that's, what's causing, um your pain whenever you're doing like benching a lot of the time so you know add more back exercises they say for every one chest exercise do 
three back exercises. I'd say two to three, right? Um, so that's a good rule of thumb. And in our programs, we try to integrate that uh, as much as possible. So the posterior chain is a little bit more emphasized than the anterior chain because we are anterior dominant in all of our movements. The posterior side is what helps kind of pull our posture back where it needs to be. So hope that helps. You got to get another phone book for that chair. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't listen to this guy, dude. Uh, um, Matt Lewis says Dan should have went SF to grow his badass beard out. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Everyone's um, upset you shaved it off before the live. Yeah. I have to. I don't want to intimidate it. Yeah. But, you know, um, you know, somebody asked me uh, if I was Delta Force when they saw my beard. And I said, I wasn't, but the beard is, you know? So. Well, he's also, he's so short. So like he grows the beard out. It's pretty much most of his person at that point. Like all you see is beard, you know? I'm average height. What do you do? To, every stream, I was like, shrink, shrink, shrink. Um, don't listen to this guy, dude. He's full of it. Uh, Andrew Phillips says, do you guys have any tips for me to improve on my call for fire when not in the call for fire simulator? Uh, also, I'm okay. trying to work on being combat ready as an FOJFO, not tensing up and being calm under pressure. Any tips on that? Um, I will actually give you a piece of advice that um, uh, a NCO that I knew in the 82nd said he is um, he's not good. He said he wasn't very he's not a smart guy, essentially, is what he said. Um, so things don't come as easy to him when he like memorizes stuff like that. So he says to learn and understand and be able to operate as an fo and do call fires he would drive to work and while he was driving he would do five lines like things he saw or call for fires already call fires and more mortar call fires and stuff to things he saw on the road like if you stop at a stoplight he would try to get like an i like a distance and a direction and get all that stuff as he was driving um so i guess my advice is even without the simulator you can always practice and you can always practice saying those things out loud the same way you'd practice public speaking for a speech or something like that. Um, you can practice going through those in your head out loud. Um, you can do it in a mirror, uh, just do it at your desk, do it in your head, always kind of have those running through your head. Um, pretty much all the time. The repetition is going to help you um, remember the, the skeleton of the, the call for fire. And then it's a super easy for you to just plug in information as you go. If you, if you have that actual layout memorized. Yeah. And there's two elements to becoming proficient. There's the memor memorization aspect. Yeah, that's great. You know, you look and you remember, you can memorize all the ordinance and the, you know, risk estimate distances, all those things. Um, that's great to know all that stuff, but where you really piece it together is the practical application. And like he said, it's going out and running through scenarios. You don't have to have a simulator to do that. You can go out there and, you know, call for fire on certain things that are out there physically. And actually, uh, something that we used to do as well is, you know, you, we used a video game as Just Cause, actually. And my buddy would fly around in the helicopter and we would do five lines like that because there was like a direction aspect and all these things. So um, we did some situational things like that. It could be anything. Right. It doesn't have to be just cause it could be any uh, game or something that you find. Be Arma. I mean, that's like the great. that's well, that's what the sim is based off of is Arma. Yeah, it's actually a really detailed game from what I've seen. Um, and then going out there too, there, there's a component of actually being out there and doing stuff. So going through the mechanics of you think it would be um, common sense, but going through the mechanics of doing this stuff, you know, even if you're just imitating like 
uh, here's my push talk, you know, and here's what I do as, as, as silly as that sounds like going through those motions to where it's second nature, um, all those things like practice it to the T and then obviously like in a real world scenario, things can change. There can be curveballs, all these things. But if you do it enough times, you've seen enough scenarios to where you can think quicker on your feet and it's going to help you build a more well-rounded picture. Um, yeah, the push to talk thing is a good idea. Don't, I, I remember I, uh, my first training event, I, I, I keyed up on the wrong net a couple times, uh, cause you, you have two, cause you talk, you have yeah. two different, um, so what I did eventually was I, I my right push to talk, my firing hand was to the infantry. My left was for fires and that's how I kept track. And I never I messed it up the again. Same way. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. <clears throat> this is my infantry hand, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah, re like the repetition is going to go a long way. Um, for yeah, already five lines, those repetition goes a long way. Nine lines are a little bit different because the verbiage is less important. It's the information that's important. Um, that's more of a speed factor when you get to those, but that's another thing is speed. How, how fast can you pull, you know, the coordinates or the distances or all those, all that information that you need to, um, get the information out. How fast can you do that? Because like, it's cool if you know how to do it, but can you do it quickly? Can you do it under pressure? I will say though, so distance in real life versus distance in the simulator are two very different things. Yeah, so yeah. Well, that's why I say you gotta go They're out two too. different skills, yep. but you'll get both of them down with time. So like I, when I, I got to the 82nd, you know, I had been in the army five years at that point. We went to the sim and they did a, a challenge for the lower enlisted dudes in the sim. They did like a challenge one that was way far out. But I've been doing this simulator for five years and I, did, I didn't even have a map and I just called out because I know I just knew how far it was going to be because I know how the game works. It's like a yeah. game. You know what I mean? If it was in real life, I would have no idea. I would have to look at the map and identify it. But I had just been doing the game for so long that I just knew it. Um, so it's a little different. They are two separate skills, but they're both important. Right. Yeah. You don't want to get stuck going through the motions. Yeah. Mix it up. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, Colin Leary says, thanks for all the help guys. Glad to help dude. You guys are what it's all about. Um, we've got a lot of joints. Hold on. Got to scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, have you ever met anyone that does PSYOP? So PSYOPs. Have you? Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> I actually went to, I went to BLC with a guy from PSYOPs, um, and, uh, he, um, he was an all right dude after I got to know him, but he kind of had that, like, I'm in PSYOPs, I'm, I'm better than everybody vibe to him, oh, yeah. um, which you'll see that from some special operations guys, um, but yeah, I, I've met a couple guys in PSYOPs, honestly, um. Their mission doesn't really uh, interest me. Uh, I think I had like four of them in my BLC class. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do some cool stuff. Like they do things that are cool. I uh, just not something that I like. It's sort of uh, kind of in line, same way SF is like a coin operation. Um, they're kind of do heart, hearts and minds and winning people over and stuff like that. So like the psychology aspect of it and stuff is really, really cool if you're interested in that. Um, I'm just, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I personally, if I met anybody, I don't remember. So, um, that sounds about right. So, um, my life, dude. all right. So, 
Roberto Ortega asks, can Lauren Leslie go to JFO? And how does it differ from JFO? Uh, Roberto, so yeah, I went to JFO as a E3. I was a private first class when I went. Same. Um, and it's essentially a modifier on it. Like, so it just gives you a little bit of extra um, viability. Um, and it gives you a little bit of extra. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, you're still an FO. It just makes you uh, have the option to do a little bit more stuff and makes people trust you a little bit more, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's like it's like a certification. It's like it's funny because we were doing things. Um, we were doing all the things already. Yeah. And we went to JFO and then it was like, oh, we're JFO certified. But it really didn't mean a whole lot. Now, granted, the school was good. We learned some. Um, I, I wouldn't say I really necessarily learned any new information, but I, I solidified what oh, was yeah. taught before. You know, no, so yeah, it, was, it was a great school. Um, if you go from conventional, though, you will learn new information. You'll learn a lot. Yeah. Depending on where you're coming from um, and how good your leadership is. Yeah, I remember I felt like the dumbest person alive being a private in regiment. And they sent me to that school and I did so well in that school that I got a lot of praise. There. I was like, huh, I am smart. And then I got back and I was like, Showed up, like, no, got not. lost again. And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. We talk about that all the time, too, like being a private in regiment's hard. And then you go to these Stressful, other schools. Stressful, dude. Yeah. You're like, you're a rock star. And you're like, I am? You know? <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, Damio says, what's the schedule for running and lifting, especially when doing PT with your unit in the morning? So he's when, when he's in the army. Yeah. When he's in the army, how, how's your day-to-day life's going to be? Um, depends. it depends on where you are, first of all. Um, but for the most part, you have a routine schedule and you will be able to get your lifts in. Um, you'll do PT in the morning, which, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they're mixing it up a little bit more these days, but you know, it used to be in the, in the conventional forces, um, real by the book PT. Um, so a lot of, you can talk more on this cause you were actually in the conventional yeah. forces. So you, you expand on this. So it, it, it does depend on where you go. Like there are some units that are going to be running like lots of platoon runs and battalion runs yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. When I was in like the 82nd, the 173rd, though, like I, as a team chief, I ran my team's PT. So, oh, cool. um, so I made that's my own PT plan works, and, and ran my own PT. Uh, that says FOs. FOs have a little bit more leniency. Um, just because we're kind of like odd men out no matter what, where we are, whether we're at the infantry dudes or the artillery. Um, but yeah, most of the, most of the units, as long as like the leadership is good, will, will, uh, delegate that PT programs to subordinate leadership. Now, I had to turn in my PT program to my company commander or my battery commander, I guess, rather. Uh, but I, I was still able to run whatever I wanted. Now, obviously, that would have been taken away if they caught us not doing stuff. Um, but I just essentially um, adjusted my PT plan to what my team needed. So, like, if my dudes were getting worse at running or doing bad at the two mile um or are falling out of runs i would make us do more running and you know vice versa if they needed to get more strength training in yeah and my one of my most fondest times is whenever i was able to lead the team pt so i did that for a while um that was that was really cool i think that's actually what planted the seed to me wanting to become a trainer because i was already i was doing that with the team you know so 
that kind of grew into who I am today. So that was kind of cool that it, it got planted there in the military. So, um, um, but in terms of actually weightlifting and stuff, um, I, we, most units don't really like, like weightlifting in the morning for PT. Um, mostly because it's uh, a liability thing for like the commander kind of takes on liability when dudes are in the gym during PT hours. Cause if they get hurt, that's going to come down on him. And, uh, the commission officer side's all about that risk assessment stuff. Um, so you'll have to do most of your actual weightlifting and stuff on your off time. Um, but you'll probably most likely get more than enough runs in in the morning in most units. Airborne and up for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, I mean, I ran it. Bragg runs a lot. Yeah. For sure. 173rd runs a lot, too. Airborne units run a lot. Yeah, they do. Airborne yes. and up. You're going to get your runs in. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll get time to lift. You'll get time to lift. Um, all right, James, I think it's your turn. It is. It is indeed. I think I'm, I got to scroll up. Um, uh, Micah says, is it possible to get prepared for RAS with only calisthenics? I'm good in everything, even pull-ups and chin-ups, but suck at, or, but stuck at like 40 push-ups. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're not going to do any weight training, um, which we don't necessarily, you know, recommend not doing any weight training. Um, but if you're, if you're not going to get to the gym or you don't have the capability to get to the gym, um, you absolutely can do things that are going to be just body weight exercises that'll help you get your pushups up. Um, one of them, and you're going to hear from anybody you ask who's ever been in the army, uh, do more pushups. That's going to be the best way to help you do, um, more pushups. Yeah, as far as performance criteria, for the most part, like your calisthenics go a long way. You can train yourself really good um, with just your body weight. There's a lot of things you can do. You can isolate uh, limbs. So do like, you know, single leg squats and different variations and things like that. So there's all sorts of things that you can do to implement a pretty decent resistance and build uh, your body up pretty, uh, pretty strong. I, I'm a big fan of calisthenics, but um, when it comes to prepping for the military, I do like the lifting. I like that. Um, I like the mechanics of the lift, uh, of the lifts, you know, a lot of compound lifts are in our programs. We like what you can do with that resistance, right? You can add more resistance and, and work on those type of movements. And I think it's important for building a foundation, but the calisthenics does absolutely go a long way. If you, if you're asking, cause you don't have access to equipment and it, it is what it is, that's what you got. Um, then yes, you can prep that way. But, uh, for the best prep, we like to implement weight training. Um, it's, it's, we'll just do it's C, um, says James says I'm better off going into regiment from conventional, um, maybe due to his circumstance. Cause I, I know we've elaborated on this in different ways. Uh, he has a point, but I'm absolutely hating life and conventional right now. Um, so we always, we, Whoa. Feel like I'm yeah, getting blamed yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> He hates um, now I, we do, we do always say that there's caveats to the two different paths, right? There's a path of conventional, the regiment. And we talk about how you can build leadership skills, or if you're on a time crunch, you're just trying to get into the military. Um, then there are some good experiences you can build on the conventional forces before going to regiment, uh, on the inverse, if you go to regiment first, you go through a bunch of schools 
and get a bunch of good training and you can really be set up no matter where you go uh, after you can stay in regiment. It's hard 20. We say that all the time. You can stay in regiment. Uh, you know, a lot of guys find that very hard because it is a, it is a tough, that is a tough, tough job. So, um, you know, you see a lot of guys go, maybe they go to SF or they go to, to the conventional army or they go elsewhere. Um, and, uh, and so they, they finish out their careers in places like that. Uh, and it does set up a bunch of good things, a bunch of good schools and things, uh, for you elsewhere. But, um, but yeah, I guess, do you want to expand on this more since it's all your fault? Uh, yes, I am a, so I believe that it, it depends on your situation, obviously. Um, so some guys I, I would recommend waiting for an option 40. Some guys I recommend if there's no option 40s available, you know, go into the conventional army and then drop your packet from there. Um, mostly because, listen, if you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old and you want an option 40 contract and you're not going to college and you're, you know, say working like at McDonald's or something, like all you're doing is slowing down your career if you want to be in the military. So whether you wait a year, two, three years to get an option 40 contract, why would you not want to get some time in rank and grade and get some, you know what I mean? Get your career started, get your training started and all that stuff. Um, my cat is jumping on me. Um, and that way you can start down that path. Now, some guys who are, you know, have something else or they're already in school or they have a full-time job career, you know, then absolutely you definitely can wait or you're, maybe you're not ready physically or whatever. It just really depends on the situation. I just, if you end up waiting three years I mean, that's three years of time and grade time and service that you're missing out on. I mean, by the time you're getting to regiment, you would have probably been, you know, tabbed already. Yeah, you know? no, that's a, that's a good point. You know, it, it depends on circumstance. And we talk about how there's no right or wrong answers. There's just different paths about it. Um, so like some guys are like, well, I, I'm just going to wait, you know, I'm just going to wait. And I have, no matter how long it takes, well, that's fine. But to, to James's point, you could be, like if you're in a situation and you're not really going anywhere and you're trying to get somewhere, it, it could be a, it could be a good Avenue to get in there, start building those experiences, the rank, um, because whether right now, let's say all the things you hate about, um, the conventional army, you know, maybe there's things you hate about it. Maybe some bureaucracy, some other things, uh, when you get to regiment, it's going to look different. So maybe you appreciate it more. You appreciate some things more than, than the average person would. Maybe you understand what it's like to, um, train people who don't necessarily want to be there. Uh, and don't get me wrong. There's absolutely great dudes in the conventional forces. We talk about this. There's a wide spectrum. You have guys who are, you know, getting into, you know, just to go through the motions. Maybe they're just trying to get the Camaro, you know, that's the joke, but, um, or you have guys that are so good that they'll, they'll drop and go to Delta force, right? It's a wide spectrum of people. So you have to understand what it's like to see the weakest link and say, how do I motivate this person? Whereas when you get to a place like special operations, everybody's highly motivated. Everybody's killing themselves to be there. Um, so it's a lot easier to lead people like that. So you'll be able to build, you know, in this time as, as you know, maybe you're not completely happy with it, but you'll build a lot of good experiences. You'll get a different look and you'll know the better well-rounded picture of how the army functions so that whenever you get to special operations, you're actually going to be um, you're going to understand a lot more and it could make you a better leader, you know? Yeah. Plus keep in mind too, you'll probably have a much better grasp of artillery 
um going in if like different like um whether you're an fo like artillery some different battle drills and stuff um some mountain combat that you wouldn't get normally on your track to get to regiment um and you'll come in with a little bit of a different perspective and a little bit more information a little bit more training a little bit more knowledge um and and it's just going to make you a better ranger in the long run so yeah sometimes it's going to suck but like for example for me like i wasn't really doing anything when i joined the army like i didn't i like wasn't in school um i had a minimum wage job so you know looking back had i not got an option 40 like doing two or three years in the military and conventional before going to rasp would have definitely been a better option for me um for sure so like especially and like i recommend to you with people with family and stuff like I mean, the military does a lot for your family um, between like, you know, health care and, you know, housing allowances and all that stuff, too. So, like you said, it just it just depends on your situation um, and no one can make that decision but you. Um, so all we can do is, you know, give our opinion. I, someone asked me a similar question um, in the DMs about it as well. And I said, it just depends. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, you know, I was in the same boat, too. That's funny. You know, I was I was working at Whataburger or if you're in Texas, Whataburger right um it's uh i i was really just kind of working to work uh you know it was i was in a position where it would have been better for me to get out with um you know with a conventional contract than to than to wait out my time because i was just in a lull but i did get the option 40 at the time and that is what i did and what's funny is i didn't really understand what regiment is i think there's it's a lot more of a presence now people know what it is when when I went in, people didn't know what it was. We didn't even know our training pipeline. So, you know, things have changed. And um, yeah, so so you're doing the right thing is, is what we're saying. You know, this is the path you committed on. Yeah, maybe uncomfortable for a little bit, but you again chase the good stuff because um, no situation is going to be perfect. There's going to be things. I was going to say you're going to have these days in regiment too. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 It's just going to be like that. So like the, the, the military can be tough. Right. So, um, you know, you got to chase the good stuff. You got to find the green grass and, and make every situation the best that it possibly can be. Um, what a burger is overrated, but I think it's my turn. <laughs> um, blasphemy dude. If the best fast food, if the best burger that you think you get can get is at a fast food place, like you, you have a garbage palate. And that's all I'm going to say, say about it. I didn't say the best burger. That's all I'm going to say about it. You're pretty good, dude. Um, Matthew Maldonado says, uh, have you ever met someone in regiment with a master's degree? Uh, yeah, a, a bunch of them. One of my headquarters platoon sergeants when I first showed up was like, he had like a double master's degree. He was like this older dude. Yeah, tons of tons of dudes with high, like high education in the enlisted side too. Not even commissioned. Um, all over. Yeah, that's a common misconception is that people in the military are un- uneducated. Well, you know, that's you, you don't of- help for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, all that's right. A good one. But was, I got nothing. But. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys who you look at just the officer side, they, those guys got to have at least a bachelor's degrees, but you know, there's guys coming in with, uh, masters and other things. Um, you know, we have, uh, military physicians, you know, we have, you know, dentists, physical therapists, all these things. So, um, there's a lot of educated people. And also in the, in the enlisted side, there's a lot of people who did college, they got a degree and then they said, well, they get into their workforce and they're like, yeah, this ain't it. So they go into the military. And so there's, 
there's all sorts of people that you'll see with degrees, you know, bachelor's, master's, uh, you see a lot of those actually. Uh, you got one on your end? I do. You definitely have a couple on your end too, but um, Nathan Swift says, any advice on consoling my parents who are giving me a lot of pushback on joining the army? This is actually the second time we've gotten this question, second or third. Um, it's tough. I mean, we uh, gave a couple, a little bit of advice last time. Uh, we can touch on it again for sure. Uh, but obviously, kind of similar to the option 40, enlist, don't enlist yet. It, it does depend. Like, I don't know exactly who your family is. I don't know where you're coming from. Uh, I don't even know, you know, what kind of household, liberal, conservative, things like that. So it really, really does depend. Um, and 99% of the time, usually it's going to be your mom. And it doesn't matter what you say to her. She's going to worry about you um, pretty much no matter what. Um, but yeah, so one, I would definitely talk to your parents, you know, especially now, um, you know, op tempo has definitely slowed down a little bit. Um, uh, if you're going to regiment, always touch on the fact that, you know, for two, like a two decades of war, you know, the casualties were super, super low. Um, Try to come. I, it's it's tough. I don't know. I'll let you touch on it a little bit. I might say more afterwards. Hit me with this question one more time so I can best answer. Uh, his parents are giving him some pushback by joining the army. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. So I was 17. I had to get signatures. Um, my dad was for it. My mom had a harder time, right? She wanted me to um, do something more administrative. She wanted me to go. And I know this, uh, this isn't a knock in the Air Force, but she wanted me to go in the Air Force, right? Um, and... Uh, she wanted me to do something that. So, so your mom was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she wanted me to do something that, you know, was safe, but gave me all the things that uh, I needed. And that's perfectly valid. Like if that's what you guys choose to do, that's great. Um, Should have been a pilot. And- like you're perfect size. <laughs> Don't listen to this guy, dude. Uh, but I wanted to do something that, you know, was really going to challenge me. Um, I wanted to do something dangerous, something that was, um, you know, all these things I wanted to, in the end, I wanted to become a better person, um, through all these trials and tribulations. So, um, that is what I, that's what I went with. I went with the thing that I thought was going to be the hardest. So, um, you know, so it was hard to, it was hard to sell that. So I had to go get a signature from her. Um, and, uh, and that was tough for her. And what was even tougher is after she signed it, uh, she did one of those proud mom moments. I remember we were, uh, we were in a parking lot and she just somehow got to talking to this, uh, older guy is a Vietnam vet and was wearing his Vietnam vet hat. She's like, Oh, my son's going into the army. And he starts having like an episode in the middle of this parking lot. Like, don't do it. You know, there's like, don't do it. They're going to get you killed and all these things. And I was like, Oh, this is not cool. dude." He was like having a breakdown. So uh, that was, uh, I'm sure that was tough for her, but uh, yeah, man, it, it, it is a, it's a hard sell. Um, and you know, you're in your parents' defense, they, they're looking out for you and all these things They have concerns. And, and so they sound like good parents, but um, you know, it's, um, it is tough. You know, you gotta, you gotta weigh out and make sure that that's really the path that you want to take. Cause it's, you're going to give some to it. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a real reality of, you know, some, some give all. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, but as far as if it's what you want to do and you know, it's what you want to do and it's your calling, 
then, you know, ultimately that is your call to make once you're a, a, uh, an adult at 18, you know, legally. Yeah. I have a hard time answering this question sometimes because, um, I'm like fourth generation military. Um, so like I, I, so much, like my, I have two brothers, my younger brothers, um, are in the military. My stepdad, my mom, my dad, my uncle, my aunt, like I, it's all over. So, um, it was just kind of par for the course for us. Um, so I didn't really get any pushback at all. Uh, but I definitely can see, you know, how parents wouldn't be enthused. Um, but it depends on how they are. So like, you know, that's one thing, um, kind of t- hitting on what you want to do, why you want to do it is one thing, depending on how your parents are, but you can also come on like a logistics side. I mean, you're going to get paid money. You're going to get a place to live. You're going to get healthcare. Um, you know, you get all of those benefits, all those things. You can get to see a bunch of places you probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, some good, some bad. Um, so, yeah, you can come at it from a logistical standpoint. Um, you can even, you know, depending on what you want to do MOS-wise for your job, you can also get in there, uh, get some, like, valuable training and job skills to bring back out into the civilian world if you're only looking for a short stint. Um, or, you know, you can also let them know, like, hey, it's a 20-year career. I can get a retirement at 20 years. Um, you know, you can be 38 years old with a full pension, um, from a full government pension. So, um, yeah, a couple of ways you can go about it. Obviously, it depends on exactly on your you know, scenario and, you know, what your parents are like as people and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, all right, let, let's hit this one. Billy Ingram says, what's up, guys? Do you have a workout plan to prepare for RASP? Yes. No, I never heard of it. <laughs> we definitely do. That's like our whole thing. Um, so of course we tailor programs to everybody, right? Uh, we are, uh, we're a well-rounded fitness company, but, uh, RASP is our bread and butter. Uh, we have the advanced military prep program, which is great on a budget, but ultimately I like to recommend the warrior program. Uh, that is the most comprehensive program. It's a six month program has a lot of supportive information in there, put a lot of work into it. So that is, that is the go-to program. Um, but the advanced military prep program has a lot of good reviews too. And it's a great program on a budget. Uh, yeah, and also you can do the warrior program month by month too, depending on how much time you have left. Um, and feel free to reach out to us too, and let us know if you only have four months, we can kind of help you where you're at and let you know what, maybe what four months to get. Um, so feel free to reach out and get with us in the DMS as well, or bask here also. Yeah. Um, Roberto says deadlifts are his favorite compound lift and then back rows. Roberto, I'm sorry. Uh, if your favorite lift isn't bench press, then I don't, you're not welcome here anymore. Um, <laughs> but no, Roberto says, I feel like for me, waiting would just be a waste of time and I'd rather start my military career. Uh, touching on what we were talking about earlier. Um, exactly. So like some people, they can wait. They're in school doing whatever. Um, but, you know, obviously for Roberto, it's a better option to start. It's so, okay. So don't, it's not my fault though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, second that, you know, uh, you got to work on the core muscles, the the pecs and the biceps, you know, so you can walk around looking like a mushroom. But um, <clears throat> that's it. Yeah, that's a joke. But uh, yeah. Uh, Not anyways, really. Kay, Kay says, uh, I am built more for strength than suck at running. Do you recommend the TLR running plan to be uh, enough to increase stamina endurance or is it better to add more mileage? 
the reason I like our running program is I integrate different aspects in running, right? We got some anaerobic aspects where we do the sprinting. Um, great at um, great at working on those uh, different muscle fibers and getting you to the point to where you can push through um, your barriers. I think that's important. That's why I like integrating the sprints into these programs. I think that's a great way to, you know, push past your limits. Whereas if you're doing steady state runs all the time, um, it, it's a little tougher unless you're really pushing the pace, but I think you get the best integration whenever you mix in both. So the running program has steady state runs. It has interval cardio. Um, it has those things that you need to get to the next level. And we have check mark goals. And that's what I like is that you guys can kind of measure uh, your progress as you go. I think that's important. I think that's a big aspect to why you would want a training program um, is for the guidance, right? Um, I even get my, I even run my own training programs, by the way, I did 10 by 10 on the, on the squats today. <laughs> so that was a, that he was, was uh, he was, was crying cool. about it before we went live, just so you guys are aware. <laughs> uh, I'm walking around like a baby deer. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. And so, you know, I run my own programs. Uh, I really, really do. So that guidance is important because when you got structure, you look at a list, you say, I have to do this where, you know, whenever you're just going to the, to the gym and going through the motions, it's like, ah, whatever, you know? And whereas whenever you have a plan, you're pushing yourself, you're sticking to a, a curriculum, a schedule. And we really break down our programs very well. It's very well-rounded. Um, you know, I know I was joking earlier with bench press and biceps, but, um, but we really have a well-rounded program to build the best posture, the best performance. Um, so they're really well thought out. There's actual, there's real science behind it. Um, so that's why we recommend our program. So yeah, absolutely. I do think it would help. Um, also keep in mind whenever we talk about getting better at, at uh, it says he's built for strength, but sucks at running. I, I understand that, but you know, maybe you look at, you look into our other programs too, cause that integrates kind of the, the lifting aspect, which I think is still important to continue, but you also get the cardio in as well. So um, you may consider something like the warrior program, which has all those things considered. Um, but you know, the running program is great. And a lot of people like that one. Um, that's a long answer. Uh, <laughs> I, if you are, are looking for running, um, I, one of the biggest reasons I, I tell guys to get the comprehensive running program, um, you know, especially if you're already on a lifting program yeah. is the comprehensive running program is a a great 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 program because it's goal it's goal based so it's not time based so you move and the plan adjusts with you as you meet certain criteria so it's not like with a workout program where you're like doing this for a month doing the other for a month because obviously it's a little different when you're actually like working muscles and things like that but for the running program you're you're hitting those goals and it's adjusting with you as you hit those goals so for guys that struggle running it's honestly it's amazing it doesn't start you out too fast, too slow, anything. It starts you out like where you are um, and works with you to get you better for you. And that's one of the, why I always recommend when guys say they struggle with running is the running program. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why it was written that way because, you know, you got to keep in mind, um, we get a lot of questions on how long should I do this? How long should I do that? And that's why I really like the goal based is because, it's going to, it's going to vary from person to person. It depends on your fitness level coming into the program. Um, and it also depends on how you're applying it, your diet, um, all these other factors, you know? So, um, so yeah, the goal base is, is, is very important. So, you know, whenever you get into our programs, um, there's some that have like some time, we do some time ranges, but also keep in mind that, you know, there's going to be a level of 
uh, evaluation to it. So if you need more time on a certain tier, take it. You know, you don't have to necessarily jump into the next one um, right away if you need more time to work on one. So uh, there's going to be some evaluation to that and uh, and, and know, personal. Decision. And also, if you, you know, if one day you, you went on a three week vacation or something and you have to, you know, step back a little bit too uh, to get yourself back up, that's a, a awesome thing that you can also do. Uh, yeah. And there's times I like to do that where I'm on. You know, maybe tier three yeah. of the warrior program, and then, Dan's at tier one usually all the time. Tier three was actually, you know, before I wrote the program, that was my go-to uh, workouts. So um, that was the that was my go-to, and and so I kind of wrote it based on what I like to do. So uh, so uh, yeah, Tony, tier three, dude. Um, but I did my 10 by 10 today and now I feel like I got jello legs. I was going to say, I'm um, waiting for, so, uh, Cameron, I probably Fath, should have it back, dude. I'm waiting for Cameron fat to get to month three. He was talking about month two the other day, uh, in our little <laughs> yeah. group. I want to see, I'm, I'm waiting for the text for when he gets to the 10 by 10. Yeah. Month two is a smoker to be fair, but, uh, I can't wait till he hits month. Yeah. Three the pyramids well. aren't a joke. Like, what is this? But 10 by tens are, there's, they're a different, different animal for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, Andrew Phillips agrees with me about the joining versus not joining thing. Uh, Gav Scout says, "That's a so it's like Cav Scout with a G. I assume his name is like Gavin or something. I, I just it's a clever name. I like that. <laughs> Gav Scout says, um, "Is it likely you'll get an option forty on reenlistment?" Um, yeah, you should be able to, especially right now with how terrible numbers are. Um, you should be able to get whatever you want for reenlistment. You can get any school, anything. You should be able to drop 40 minutes. Seven. You should easily be able to get RASP uh, on a reenlistment contract. Not even, it shouldn't even be a question. With how bad numbers have been and how bad they're trying to like meet recruiting and uh, reenlistment goals, you guys should be asking for the moon right now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's a great point. You know, it's, um, it's re- it really is. Um, you know, if that's your goal, that's your aspirations, that's actually not a bad time um, to look for it. And, uh, you know, it depends on if that's really what you really want and stuff. Cause, um, yeah. So, anyways, that was kind of a little ramble there. But it's C says, my battalion sergeant major is an old timer and Charlie 375, and he jumped into objective rhino. Very cool. Um, I've told him about my aspiration to go to the regiment. He likes the idea, but he said, got to get tabbed first. Um, man, life as a private is an experience in regiment. Um, also, it can be tough to get ranger school slots in, uh, in conventional units. Um, and uh, also, I, I would argue that most conventional units pre-ranger is uh, actually harder. <laughs> Our cert was actually kind of a build-up process, like getting us ready. Um, I feel like I hear about some of the pre-ranger for some of the other guys and it's different. So that's an interesting uh, fun fact for you guys is you go through a pre-ranger course before you even get to ranger school. Some of those guys were getting starved and doing all the sleep deprivation beforehand where ours was a little bit more like they understood that that was going to happen at ranger school. So, you know, it was still challenging, but they weren't starving people. You don't have to, you don't have to practice that going into it. Uh, I would argue that CERT is essentially like an extra phase of Ranger School. I don't know why you're downplaying CERT. CERT was not, that's not like easy. It wasn't easy. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We did the 12 mile rug march. It's literally, you, it's literally a phase of Ranger School. You, it's, it, it's run almost identical. Like you have 
all the critical events, then you do some classroom stuff, then you go to the field for like six days, and you come <laughs> back. It's a, literally, it's like an extra phase of Ranger School. Um, well, maybe I just blocked it out, dude. I'm trying to yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, <laughs> yes, I, uh, I honestly, if you can, if they'll, if a unit is telling you you need to be tabbed before you, you try to get a RASP plot, then tell them they need to send you to Ranger School. So if they're not going to send you to Ranger School, then just go over their heads somewhere else. But if they're not willing to send you, absolutely go get tab first, 112%. Um, I would definitely recommend going to get it first. And it's uh, ZCVD. When I said uh, they're parroting on numbers, I meant the Army, not Regiment. Um, I was saying when you guys go to re-enlist uh, at re-enlistment, the big Army in general is hurting for numbers. So you'll be able to ask for whatever you want. Um, they don't care if Regiment's over strength. You'll be able to get a RASP you know, pack it in. Um, was what I was saying. So sorry. It's a question a little further down on your list. I just saw it here. No, and that question kind of parallels the should I go conventional or option 40, right? Um, it's really we've said this before, like whatever comes first, because um in my opinion, like if you can get a ranger school squat, cool, go to ranger school and get your tab, and then you can go in and you know get in as a leader. Um, but there's also always caveats to these things because if you're going to regiment as a leader, like you're going to regiment as a leader and that's a tough place to lead. So, um, you're going to have to learn the mechanics in the machine as a leader, there's going to be more on you. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, but you know, if you go to RASP, yeah, you're going to deal with the ranger private days and the hazing and all the, all the things that you go through, um, and then get your slot to ranger school, you know, that's your rite of passage. Um, so that is, um, that's the things that you got to weigh out. So I kind of just say whatever comes first, right? Don't, if, if that's your goal, don't hold back on, on your, on your aspirations, you know? Um, we got, we got time for one more. All right. Well, I'll do, I'm going to do like one and a half. Um, so Ziltwick says, do you guys have a favorite supplement, uh, for your diet, such as whey, creatine, et cetera? I use um, I use isopure uh, protein powders sometimes to supplement if I can't get like a, all my meals in just because I'm doing too much in a day. Um, it's like the cleanest protein. It's like 25 grams. Um, and then I use EAAs, uh, essential amino acids. Yeah, amino acids are great. Um, you know, that's a great one for recovery. Uh, protein powder could be good. Um, that's really that's all I use. I sometimes I use a pre workout for a little bit of a stim, uh, but a lot of days I'll just use coffee. Yeah, uh, and I'm not I'm not uh I'm not um like I I think supplements are good and stuff like that. I personally don't use uh, a lot of supplements, so but um you know back when I was supplementing, I used creatine. Um, it's great if your creatine's great. I actually did a video on supplements. I talk about the the benefits of uh, different supplements and things. One thing um, I will say, sorry to cut you off, Dylan, no, off time. Um, when it comes to supplements, especially for you guys that are trading for like RASP and stuff like that, uh, I would I would be easy on them just because keep in mind like when you're going to be moving into what you're doing and training for, you're not going to be able to use those things. Um, so don't try to try not to be too reliant on the creatine and the pre workouts and all that stuff. Um, that are going to be like, you know, you're just not going to be able to use those for all the other stuff you do. So if you're taking those things before you go out and do ACFT, like a test ACFT or a PT test now, it's not going to work when you're in RASP and basic and all that stuff. I lost you on the live. Um, I, yeah, I don't they see They cut you. off at literally an hour this time. 
Uh, oh, it's so done. Just, it's gone. We're, yeah, no, it's gone, gone. That's okay. We got YouTube. Oh man, said. I'm glad I didn't do that with Logan's because we definitely went over time. We've gone over a couple times. I you always told me yeah, it cuts us weird. off at an hour, and I've never seen it do that. But oh, um, it did this time. Uh oh. Um. Well. Get you in here. Are we? Are we gonna? <laughs> can I call no, it? We, I feel. We'll bring it back in. Those guys were. Oh, you're bringing it back. You were opening it back up. We're opening it back up to uh to wrap it up right. Okay. Did you invite me? I did. All right, guys. So that's a perfect example of why we try to wrap it up around an hour, especially for that yeah. side, because it just cuts it off and then it doesn't save the video at all. Um, so we're kind of continuing. We're wrapping up our our uh, our podcast today. But I'm so glad it didn't do this with Logan. I, you know, I'm glad we get, did this with a Dan and Jay live where we got the YouTube. By the way, we always do YouTube uh, live as well. And those are posted to YouTube. And we also take the audio and put it up on Spotify. So all of these lives that we do, it is our podcast. And all these episodes are on YouTube and Spotify. So it's a good place to go and reference. But I'm so glad I didn't do that with Logan because we did like, we went over time. Like we went... We think, have two a couple times. It doesn't. Yep. It's it's finicky. You thought I was lying about it. Yeah, it used to cut me off. Usually, yeah, I like, almost yeah, always done. assume that. To be honest, they don't even give me a heads up. They're just like, yeah, done. So, uh, yeah, good example. I'm not lying. Um, but uh, yeah, so glad we did it on uh, a Dan and Jay live and not where we're relying on Instagram only. So, um, cool, cool, cool. Uh. I guess let's hit. You want to hit one more since uh, we're revived? Uh, yeah. Um, this is the other one I was gonna do. I thought that supplement one was gonna be a little bit quicker. Um, oh, I, I did want to extend on that. So James is right. You can't have supplements and things like RASP or, or other selections. So, um, they have rules against things like that. Uh, but you know, if you're training, you can use some supplementation. Again, personally, I don't really use any supplements. Uh, I think they're good though. Like uh, they're good for recovery. Aminos are good for recovery. I do take aminos sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm old, so I need all the help I can get when it comes to recovery. So, yeah. um, and also, I mean, I, I, I haven't. I've talked to Daniel a little about this. I am a. I've done a little bit of research into EAAs versus BCAAs. Um, essentially, they work very similarly. But they said um, most of the things say that essentially if you're if you eat meat, like if you have like a high protein diet, EAAs are going to be a little better for you. Um, if you have a lower protein diet or like a vegetarian or something like that, vegan, uh, BCAAs are a little bit better for you. But either way, they're very similar uh, in, in basic use. Um, but I get the EAAs that I take at night before bed. It has a little bit of melatonin in it, too. Helps me get some restful sleep. Recover. Yeah, BCAAs are are essential amino acids i think you get i, I gotta look more into no, the they're AAs. not the I same think, yeah I, that's what i hear there's, there's like, a there's a couple there's, there's a, a small differences in between the two um it's i don't think it's that substantial to be honest i think it's this percentage of differences is, is very small like in the single digits um but yeah yeah i'm sure they both help with recovery so i looked uh, it up just, because of uh we had Sergeant Finley on. Uh, he's an airborne instructor now, but he does bodybuilding. He uses EAAs. And when he said that, it kind of clicked in my mind. I didn't really know the, as much of the difference as I should have. So I actually did a bunch of research about it. There's only been like two studies. They were both done in, uh, in the UK um, that I saw that were supported 
well and peer reviewed. Yeah. And and just to go nerd <clears throat> for a second, um, amino acids is what builds proteins, what helps your body build back up. Um, so recovery and um, helps promote that muscle gain and all those things. So that's why you take amino acids. And again, we talk about all this in our, um, in our supplements video. There's also a video I want to do on energy systems, uh, eventually talk about, you know, what eating different macronutrients does like, no, 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 like carbs, carbs does something specific for training. Um, you know, fats is specific. It's a good idea. Aerobic stuff. Yeah. Um, so carbs is good for anaerobic stuff and this is just generalizing it, but, and, uh, fats need more oxygen and yeah, taking some proteins is good for recovery and things. So, um, I will eventually put out a video on, um, on energy systems, uh, put it in layman's terms, but, um, yeah, yeah. Go check out that supplements video. Got a bunch of good things in there. I feel like this is going to go on for a long time too. Um, so Ziltwick also asks, um, for our last question, I thought this would be a good one. In regards to the Warrior Advanced Military Prep Program, how would you describe the science on why you incorporate legs only once during the week? Is it solely because it crushes your soul? Um, <laughs> well, yes. It, <laughs> no. it, it does, but also, uh, so I have seen those splits where they do legs multiple times, but you also got to keep in mind on things like bag day, you're doing things like deadlifts. You know, there's an integration of, yeah, it's, um, you know, little bit more mechanics on you know your posterior chain but you know you got you got a lot of leg activation in deadlifts right um so legs are there uh also you got sprints you know sprints you're doing your runs all those things that's all legs um so yeah so it's not it's technically not one day like you got you got the deadlifts you got the sprints um well, okay. So, yeah. Also, um, especially in the TLR warrior program, like eventually you're doing like push presses and stuff like that too. keep that in mind. So like your so your legs are being engaged, um, in like a supplementary fashion, a couple of different days during the week, you know, they're primary on one day supplementary on, on the other days. Also keep in mind that even in the warrior program, there's run days like throughout the entire week. So there's run days on, on leg day. Um, and then you, you got your run days and your off days and stuff like that too. Uh, so like he said, like, yes, you're doing legs at the gym specifically one day a week, but they're being engaged way more than that down the line. Well, that's compound lifts, right? You're, you're integrating multiple muscle groups. So there's overlap. Uh, and whenever you get to things like strength of power, um, yeah, we're seeing more of a full body integration and we try to do it in a split that emphasizes a little bit more of like one space than another, but, um, the warrior program is, you know, if we did, if we did a leg day like that, uh, twice, yeah, that would be definitely overtraining, uh, that specific. Oh yeah. I spent month two and three would be, yeah, no, not ideal. Um, plus if you're like a lot of the guys and people I see at planet fitness, you probably get a lot of leg and back work doing curls too. Um, swinging those things up, dude. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, so it sprints too. Like people sometimes, I don't think think about how much like like running is a lot of like muscles in your legs being used. Um, sprints, hill sprints, stuff like that. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, plus, um, I'm old. I can only handle one day a week of legs. So. Yeah, and actually, if you go look through the programs, so we'll I did break down like why we're doing what we're doing. So 
we phase things out. We talk about, you know, building a foundation, hypertrophy, then we go into strength power. Um, that is kind of, there's some progression there and talking about the warrior program. So the science is in the programs. If you go look, we put some there, but I'd be happy to elaborate, but we could go again, very deep into this stuff. So, um, yeah, so there's definitely more, um, more things I want to put out as well. Um, kind of help us explain some things, uh, as far as like why certain training affects certain things, but it's there. Um, yeah. I think that's it though. That's the thing, huh? We did it. We did a yeah. podcast. Also, guys, I got a, someone texted me and said I sounded a little hollow on my end. Um, I will. Uh, I have some uh, soundproof foam stuff to put up in this room because it's it's pretty empty, so it's it's not great for acoustics. So I will try to get that handled. <clears throat> yeah. Um. All right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um. Be sure to check out trainlikearanger.com where we have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, and as always, much more on the agenda. I appreciate you guys tuning in and remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a good weekend, guys. See you guys.